This program was produced with the support of StoryHive, creativity connected by TELUS. For more information, please visit storyhive.com. Well, I'm in over my head, no one told me. Trying to keep my footprint small was harder than I thought it could be. I'm in over my head, what do I really need? Trying to save the planet, oh, will someone please save me? Trying to save the planet, oh, will someone please save me? Welcome to In Over My Head. I'm Michael Bartz. My guest today is Bryce Allred. Bryce has worked as a commercial and industrial electrician throughout Western Canada for the past 30 years. Renewable energy, specifically solar PV, is his passion. He has served on various boards, including Environment Lethbridge. Being born and raised in the foothills of Alberta and living in Lethbridge for the past 40 years, Bryce has a strong sense of community here. Welcome to In Over My Head, Bryce. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I brought you in today because you're a solar guy, right? I am a solar guy. Right, and uh, so my off-grid tiny house, we rely a lot on solar, right? Everything is, is um, 12 volts and it's, it's for solar. And that's realistic in a small space. It's 18.5 square meters, 200 square feet, right? Um, but how realistic is that in a big house, a full-size, you know, regular house to run just off of solar? It's as realistic as your bank account is. So one of the main things that people overlook that I see, um, and I've, I've budgeted some large, you know, 1,500, 2,000 square foot off-grid homes, What's f what they fail to realize is um, you have to design your solar for the worst case scenario. So we look at December 21st as the longest day. And then we look at days of autonomy. So is it going to be cloudy for three or four or five days? So we're essentially oversizing a system that's going to get you through the worst day of the year. By doing that, we're massively overbuilding because you're wasting so much of that solar resource in the summertime, mm. right? So when we build a grid-tied system, it's averaged over uh, the course of 12 months. So we're trying to offset and be net zero electrically over 12 months. So you make too much power in the summer and you sell it back. Mm -hmm. You don't make enough power in the winter. And so you have to augment it with utility. Now, back to the tiny home. Um, if you've got some other source of power, you know, emergency generator, which a lot of people do. Yeah, we have one, yeah. Then that works perfectly mm -hmm. for, for an off-grid situation. Yeah, because I, I guess, yeah, a residential house is a little different because you are tied into the grid yeah. still, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you could, to, to be totally off-grid, you can absolutely do it. Might cost you fifty dollars to $100,000 sure. just for that. Yeah. And, and I guess that would be another thing is the affordability, right? That's um, right. Yeah. That's so right. And I feel, do you find most of the people that, most of your customers... Are they just looking to supplement their power or go totally off-grid like we are? We don't have a ton of off-grid customers. No. Um, we've had lots of inquiries until they get to that point where they realize, oh gosh, maybe this isn't going to work. And they haven't really thought it through as to how their lifestyle is going to change, mm -hmm. right? So what some people do, they have this idea of we want to move off-grid. So we lived in this 1,500-square-foot bungalow. We use this many watt-hours a month. And they're going to try and translate that to an off-grid home. And, it, and it's, it's just not quite as easy as it sounds. You need to really take a look at your lifestyle and what you want to do to change that to consume less. And that's really all about part of tiny living anyway, mm -hmm. consuming less, right? Mm -hmm. Using less resources. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we found very much so that we, uh, we use, I, I got rid of basically all of our electronic appliances, like anything I could replace with a hand-powered or some other yeah. device I would do. Yeah. And that was kind of a fun challenge for me. 
But I also found it was an interesting shift because in a, a regular house, you a lot of times you use more things in the evening, right? Because yep. the power draws less. But it's the opposite with solar, I find, because now it's like it's a bright sunny day. Let's charge everything. Let's run everything oh. while we have the sun. And as soon as it goes away, then we can, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Even, even with grid tide, um, I had a home up in, uh, on the west side that we had 10 kilowatts on. It was one of the one of the first and largest systems in the city. And we found that we did exactly that. We would we had an electric dryer. So we would wait till a Sunday afternoon when the sun was up mm -hmm. as best we could, right? To try to make to make uh, to make use of that solar energy because solar used is worth more than solar sold, right? In a grid tight situation. Yeah, say that again. So if you use solar at home, it's worth more to you than if you um, export it and sell it back to the grid. Okay. It just has a little bit to do with some of your um, distribution and transmission charges oh, okay. that you that you don't pay if you don't buy the commodity. Right, if you don't have those kilowatt hours delivered to your home, mm -hmm. it's not much. It's not a lot of money, yeah. but it is a little bit. And it all, when solar's concerned, every penny counts for sure. For sure, and I've heard that Lethbridge and Southern Alberta is one of the sunniest areas in Canada. Is that true? Yeah, from pretty much from oh, say Moose Jaw west to the Crozens Pass, um, well, to Lethbridge, uh, but um, the Warner area, Tabor area, especially we have the sixth best solar resource on the planet. Wow. And as you can see, that's why we're seeing large utility farms coming. Um, Traverse Solars, or sorry, Traverse is just getting ready to build um, up in Vulcan County, 400 megawatts of solar. That's a half a billion dollar project. Wow. They just uh, commissioned a 160 megawatt project in, in uh, Clairesome. Nice. And, there's, and there's dozens and dozens of others on the book. So we do have a fantastic resource. Well, that's good, yeah, because I, that was another question is, is Southern Alberta embracing solar energy? Because there could be some resistance maybe with the oil sector and such. Well, being in Alberta, right? Um, it's absolutely a conversation that we have a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's, without getting political about it, mm -hmm. it's a struggle here. Okay. And Lethbridge is quite conservative. Sure. So it's, if you can't make the uh, economic... Um, case it's tough to make the environmental case sure we do have you know we do have customers that say you know they might even be retired and they like this is we're going to do our part we can afford it now it doesn't matter if what pays back or not this is just what we want to do to feel good and do our part for the, mm -hmm. for, the for the um climate yeah yeah because yeah, in my mind like like you said we have so much sun resource why wouldn't we use that oh right? absolutely absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. And so do you find that people are, is it, you talk about affordability, how much, I, I don't know if we can talk specifically, but how much would it cost the average person to, to add a solar system to an average house in, in Southern Alberta? So the average home in Canada consumes about um, seven and a half megawatt hours a year. So that's about 600 kilowatt hours every month. That's an average. So if you were to have a south-facing roof and you were to build a five and a half kilowatt system, that would probably get you really close to net zero. So right now in Lethbridge, we can install for right around the $2 a watt mark. So you're looking at 11, 12,000 bucks. Oh, that's so not it's, not, it's not terrible, mm -hmm. right? When I got into the business, it was borderline four bucks. So it's almost come down in half. And how long ago was that? Uh, about seven years ago. Okay, yeah, so yeah. more recently. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've seen 
the technology is changing, but what they're able to do, and with any electronics, um, the size of a computer chip, well, it's much smaller than it was, you know, 20 years ago, for mm -hmm. sure. So they're able to put the same amount of power, or sorry, they're able to put more power in the same footprint. So for example, when I did my home on the west side, our modules and panels is a, is a, is not a proper term. I'll just that's okay. that's one of my pet peeves. It's not a proper term. That's that's uh, so modules is what we want. Module call it. is what it's called. Yeah. Um, anyway, the modules that we use were 265 watts. Well, now we're seeing 500 watt modules, and wow. that was only five years ago. Mm -hmm. So on when you can get more power out of the same space, then you need less modules. You need less racking. You need less labor. Mm -hmm. So the cost drives down. Plus the cost of modules is probably half of what it was back then. For sure. Um, so, so do you see with, with the cost of the materials and the installation and the upkeep, do you see solar a, as a, a viable source of power for the future? Oh, it already is a, vi yeah. a viable source of power. Mm -hmm. People get hung up on the payback period. So if it doesn't pay for itself in three or four years, then it's a dog. Mm -hmm. Well, my answer to that would be, what's the payback period of that new Dodge you got sitting in your driveway? You, you just spent 60 grand on. Sure. It's a depreciating, depreciating asset. Solar is an appreciating asset. Now, there's better investments for sure. Like, it's not the end all to be all, you know, if you're looking at it strictly monetarily speaking. Sure. But um, it's, I mean, the technology is solid. It's, it's been around. Bell Labs created the first commercial solar module in the mid 50s uh, for use in, uh, they sent it up on a satellite. And that it's a little 50 watt module and that module is still making power today. It's down in, uh, in a museum called PVUSA hmm. down in the States. <clears throat> so the technology is totally sound. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's viable today for mm -hmm. sure. And do you see like every house in Southern Alberta having solar one day? No, 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 no for sure. No. There's some places where it just doesn't make sense. Okay. Like, Sh shading issues. Sure. Um, if your roof is not structurally able to support it, mm -hmm. you know, at for some buildings, at some point, it just becomes um, um, it's it's just not worth what it would take to to upgrade your home so that it can receive the solar. Mm -hmm. So structurally, for example, sure. there's a lot of houses built here in the 40s and 50s that are stick framed. They don't have um, engineered truss systems. And by today's codes, they wouldn't even pass supporting the shingle weight, wow. let alone adding on another. Yeah, I guess that's a, co a conversation you would have with the, the person who approached you. Right? Yeah, Because they might sure. think, I just want to put panels on and go off yep. grid and, yep. you know, cost 10,000 bucks. So in the city of Lethbridge, um, like everything that we do is, is, has to be electrical permitted, uh, building permits. Depending on how it's installed, you may have to have a structural engineer design mm -hmm. and sign off on some things. If a home doesn't have um, an engineered trust system, we won't install on it without an engineer yeah. signing off. Sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. So it's got to be a, a, a newer home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a little, yeah. maybe a little more complicated than, than some people might, might it, think. Th but... there's, there's a little more to it. Yeah. yeah. It's not just slap up some, some modules on the roof, call it a day. Yeah, and even with our tiny home, it is off-grid and it's on wheels. Also, we got a lot, we got a, around a lot of the, the zoning and, and coding things. And it's a lot simpler, right? And like I said, I tried to use as few electronic appliances as possible. Everything is yeah. 12 volts. So, yeah. so we're able to run on a sunny day, run everything yeah. just fine, right? Yeah. So it's basically an RV system. Yeah, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For a lot sure. of those kind of components. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah, yeah. perfect. But yeah, maybe not so much with a, a big house, right? 
Um, is there something let's let's say that someone can't invest ten or twelve thousand dollars into a system, or maybe they're renting, but they still want to rely less on uh, non-renewable energy. They want to get into solar. Is there a way they can kind of dip their feet into it? What do you mean? Uh, like, I don't know. Like, like I even bought like a small solar panel to charge my phone, something like that, just oh, to for, kind of try it sure. out to get your or an idea of how much power they're using yep. day to day. Yeah, for sure. And you don't have to go net zero. I mean, you yeah. can go ten percent. Sure. You know, if your budget dictates that you got a couple thousand bucks to spend, by all means, you could put a couple of modules on your garage. You could monitor them. You could see what they're doing, and they'll feed into your home, and you'll use that power, and you'll export it. Mm -hmm. You know, if your if your house doesn't use any power that that day if you're on holidays or something. Yeah. It'll export to the grid. We have one system out in Hardyville, and he's got four modules. Mm -hmm. He's got a small home, doesn't use any power. Gentleman lives alone. Sure. That's what it took to get him where he wanted to be. So cool little system. I think he paid three or $4,000 for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I guess it's about kind of seeing what your needs are mm -hmm. and kind of adjusting and working around that. Yeah, for sure. If you have a two, yeah. 3,000 square foot home, maybe it's not as realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people use powerhouses don't, right? So um, we do a full audit of your electrical bills, and then we come and audit the property, and we look at your electrical service. We look at the wiring and, and uh, the meter. All those things have to be taken into account when we design a system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's your lifestyle mostly. Right. We try to look at time of, of usage, like when are you really active? Are you doing more at night? Are you doing? And we try to overlay that uh, usage curve with a production curve of what solar will do. We have a database that we use through some software programs, and they go back 50, 60 years of, um, of weather patterns and irradiance and all that sort of thing, temperatures. And so you said usage versus production. So that would be how much sunlight you're getting on a certain time of year or? Over the course of the whole year. year yeah. So every month of the, of the year. Mm -hmm. and, and then we look at your electricity bill and we overlay that and we try to match the two up as close as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And are you finding that you're getting more customers over these? Like so when you started seven years ago, are you finding things are getting busier? People are, there's more demand for solar? Yeah, there is a, there's more demand. It's come more to the forefront for sure. Um, we've had some good, uh, we've had some good, some good uh, programs through the uh, the previous government and the previous government before that actually, and then through this government with a joint uh, federal initiative, there's money available to do some some solar work. Okay, so, like a so subsidy kind a of a subsidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's basically a grant program. So it's yeah. usually around twenty between twenty and thirty percent that they'll pay off the top. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that that kind of gets it over the hump of making it economical for most people when they're when they're just driven by that. Mm -hmm. We try to focus people on the levelized cost of energy. So here's the example that I use, Michael. If I could put a box in your backyard, and you could pay fifteen thousand dollars for this box, you don't have to put anything in the box ever ever again but it will put out all of the gasoline that you need for your car for the next 25 years for 90 cents a liter. Would you pay for it up front? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're hedging against inflation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't even know what gas is now. It's buck 10 yeah, or buck 30 buck, right now. Oh, yeah. is it a buck 30? Is that yeah. that high? Oh, really? So in the next 25 years, even at two or 3% inflation, you know, you're going to be over $2. So if we could guarantee for the next 25 years that you'd never pay more than 90 cents for that power, 
that's the levelized cost of gasoline. Sure. So we focus people on the levelized cost of energy. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one key thing. So we can make power for people on an average home um, for about six, seven cents, maybe even five cents if it's a big system. Yeah. There's a real um, economy of scale with solar. So the cost per watt that you will pay to install it goes down the larger it gets. Oh, okay. Right? So sure. it, it's like a farmer hauling one bushel of grain to the elevator or a thousand bushels mm-hmm. in a truck. Yeah. The cost per bushel is higher or lower, right? For sure. So that's one thing that we focus on. And the other is what is the cost of doing nothing? So what people tend to forget is you're going to buy power one way or another. Do sure. you want to buy your own or do you want to buy somebody else's? Mm-hmm. So for an, just a, a real quick example, that average home I talked about, the seven seven and a half megawatt hours a year. So at six cents over the course of 30 years, they're going to spend probably in the range of $40,000. So, and that's at about 3% inflation rate. So if you could spend $29,000 today, build that array, and at the end of that 30-year term, you had a $6,000 check in your pocket, and you didn't pay that Mm $40,000, what's better, right? Mm -hmm. So even though it might have taken 20 years or 15 years or whatever the case may be, depending on the size, to pay it back, so to speak, you're still looking at over a $50,000 difference. And that really gets lost, gets lost in the conversation when people look at solar and say, oh, it's got to, takes 15 years to get my money back. Well, how many things do you buy that you get your money back? Yeah, fair enough. TVs, trucks, computers, we all spend tens of thousands of dollars on those items. Mm -hmm. We don't even, we don't even consider getting our money back. We just use it because we enjoy it. Yeah. Well, solar, solar, you'll get your money back. Just depends on when. Yeah, and like you said, you have to use some sort of energy. You, you know, got to buy it somewhere in winter right? and such. Yeah, it's just so pay me now or pay me later, sort yeah. of sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Not me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got to pay the power company or or pay yourself, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like I look at I use the word sustainable living. Right. I feel like the way that we're living is is more sustainable because it doesn't matter what the price of of gas is or energy because we're That's right. yeah we're off grid. Right. It's just just totally out of the, it's just out of our minds, which is, yeah. is, there are different things that we have to consider, but for sure, yeah, it's, it's nice that way. But it's not for everybody and, mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't have, I mean, it's not the, it's not the perfect solution. It's one of a bunch of solutions. Solar has a carbon footprint. Sure. We have to mine, we got to get aluminum, we got to get glass. So it's not, you know, it's not the, uh, the end all to be all for sure, yeah. but it's, it's a vital, important part of, of the, of the equation. Mm-hmm, definitely. And so you were a industrial commercial electrician. What got you into renewable energy? Oh, it was just by accident. Uh, one of the utilities put out um, um, what we call an RFP or request for proposal and asked for companies to reply to become a solar installer for them. And I was at a different company at the time and I thought, hey, we could do this. I mean, it's just solar. It's not rocket science, right, at the time? Yeah. So... I submitted our our bio and our you know company information etc cetera, etc cetera. and we were one of the few firms that had a specific safety program that they required and so kind of by default we were given southern alberta as a territory so we worked with this utility company for a few years and then we went off on our own things evolved from there but mm-hmm. yeah it was just kind of an accident really for sure i mean i've always been you know i'm a farm boy and i've always kind of tried to be a good steward of the land and yeah. all those sorts of things. 
But it wasn't until I got into that that I really started paying attention to my electricity bill. Mm-hmm. I couldn't read it nor understand it. <laughs> now I, I show people what it means. Sure. Right? That's like anything. It's what you do and you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting because it's like I feel like the one side is the environmentalists, right, who want to be off-grid like me myself. Um, but then you have, yeah, people who are, like we said, more conservative who want to be stewards of the land, and you talk dollars and cents, and it's economic, yeah. and maybe that makes sense for them, actually. Like, why yeah. not? It makes yeah. total sense, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I appreciate you breaking that down a bit to yeah. the dollars and cents. Yeah, you bet. Stuff, yeah. To reduce our environmental fr- p- footprint, would you recommend using solar power? I would recommend using solar power as part of the solution to reduce your... Mm. And what were the, the other parts? Well, use less power. It's always more cost-effective to use less than to create more. So use less energy at home instead of buying solar to create more power so you can just use more power cheaper, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense to get rid of a TV. Uh, don't don't use as many electronics, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other examples of things you could do to reduce your power usage in uh, a home? I mean, there's energy-efficient appliances, and all, mm-hmm. but all that stuff comes at a cost, sure. right? I think, that, I think the key thing is just... is is reduce your own consumption and uh, fix things, repair things, reuse, right? Mm-hmm. Reuse, reduce, recycle kind yeah. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Kathleen would be proud of that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a climate scientist. I'm no, not a professional yeah. in that field, and it, and it gets political. It gets messy. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think if we just all used a little bit less and, and, and maybe did a little more maintenance and took care of the things we had and—, and Fix them. Don't throw them away. For sure. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole uh, aura around recycling and is it good or bad? And I mean, you could go sure. down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. forever, right? Yeah. But so I, I, I just think the key is just using less. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Use fewer things, less yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Bryce. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. It was a pleasure. Appreciate the advice. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. That was my conversation with Bryce. I learned a lot. The one thing that just stands out for me is modules. I've been calling them panels like an idiot. Call them modules. Well, that's all for me. I'm Michael Bartz. Here's to feeling a little less in over our head when it comes to saving the planet. We'll see you again soon. In Over My Head was produced and hosted by Michael Bartz. Sound engineering by Rodrigo Enriquez. Original music by Gabriel Thane. Special thanks to Lisa Pruden and Jessica Gibson. This program was produced with the support of TELUS.